Hey everybody, welcome to Video Nights. This episode we're continuing our Kaiju uh, coverage. The first episode we did, we covered some of the early, uh, basically started off with the Godzilla 85, Godzilla Returns, uh, up and through 91 with, uh, or 92 with Godzilla versus Mothra. And uh, we're going to be continuing our conversation today with Mothra and the Gamma reboots of the 90s. I'm your host, Michael, and the other side is John. Hey, how's it going, guys? All right. Now, for me, I feel like the Mothra ones are the ones I was least interested in. I'm going to go ahead and throw some shade and say that the Gamma movies are better uh, than any Godzilla movie. Shazam! Alright, let the hate mail hit me. I, uh, I I really love these Gamera movies. I I will stop you there and say maybe not better than the Godzilla movies, but certainly better than the Mothras. Do you uh, feel... But yeah, the Gamera ones are very good. Do you feel like... Am I saying it wrong? Is it not Is it not Gamera? Uh, Gamera, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think I think you said Gamera, and I was like, what, what, what have I done wrong with my life? I, I probably... I probably say I I always seem to pro- I change how I pronounce it constantly between Gamera and Gamera. Yeah. Just because I just kind of end up doing that. You you do a lot of drinking. That's it, right? Just say it. Just say it now. You drink a lot. We know it. Well, well. there, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I if it's any consolation, I've already started my drinking. It is three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It's the weekend. Woohoo! Alright, so, nice. my problem with the Mothra movies, of the trilogy, and the fact that, you know, of course he's part of the regular, she, I said she, I'm sorry, I said he, I apologize, she, is, um, you know, a big part of the Godzilla franchise. Why is it so repetitive? I feel like every movie seems to have the same exact patterns over and over again. It's annoying. Pretty much. I mean, now to be fair, these are, these are very, very much kids' movies. Yeah, and it shows, and so they're. But you sit there and you have. We always have to say, oh yeah, it's just a kids' movie. Why is it? You know, that's why it's dumb or something like that. And it's, I always seem to remember, you know, when I was growing up, kids' movies weren't afraid to be, you know, a little more, little more in. I don't want to say intellectual, but at least smarter and more dangerous and willing to yeah. go places. And what was I watching? I was watching Boris and Natasha this morning. And clearly based on a cartoon, and there's some stuff in there. I was actually surprised that people actually get killed. You see blood. Well, one of the cops says "goddamn" twice. You know, like whoa, like that's the '80s for you. <laughs> yeah, but once you hit, once we got into the '90s, then things kind of started. Uh, Disney fied. More... We got Disney fied. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the uh, so, so the monster things... series for me, I, I I'm getting tired of Ghidorah. I'm so bored now of Ghidorah. I know it's one of the fan favorites, but like, there's a catalog of villains to choose from. Why do you keep going back to that well? Yeah, two thirds of these film of these three films use Ghidorah some in some form. And I'll say this: the the one that's in the first film, I like that kind of weird dinosaur design. It's it's not a bad design of a monster, but yeah, it's we're just you're basically just constantly going to that same well. Now, for, for me, and let's let the audience know right now, I'm not as well-versed in Kaiju. A lot of it seemed like one of those I would watch it um, like in the background while I was working on something on the computer or just casually. I mix a lot of them up. I can't Sometimes I can't remember which movie is which. This is kind of a refresher course for me. Now, is Ghidorah, is there another three-headed dragon, or is Ghidorah really in that many movies? Because I thought it's like King Ghidorah, right? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. King Ghidorah is, is basically the 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 big villain for both Godzilla and Mothra. That is, they they just keep, seem to cross over that that creature a lot because one, you know, let's keep let's keep the suit designs uh, to a minimum. Yeah. All saves money. Actually, use the big thing. Yeah. And it's you know a lot of a lot of it does kind of seem to and we see a little bit of this in. Uh, in the, uh, the Gamera films, where you have kind of like the the dragon versus the turtle and stuff like that, kind of concepts where it's it, it kind of full uh, feels like it's not necessarily part of uh, Japanese mythology necessarily, but the idea that it you're using kind of uh, uh, what, what would be the best term, uh, kind of these animals as totems to fight, you know, to as I really wish I could come up with what I'm trying okay. to say now. <laughs> uh, look, shiny object, let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. The one thing that drives me... Basically, there's, there's reasons behind it. The reason, I, mean, I, I like Ghidorah as a villain, but it's just too much, and there's a sound that they have him make in the Godzilla movies that, thank God, they skipped it in the Mothra movies. Do you know the, the sound I'm talking about? That really high-pitched yeah. kind of, and he shoots lightning? It drives me up the fucking wall. Same thing with Godzilla. He doesn't need to scream that much it seems ridiculous for a scary villain to roar that like non-stop yeah and especially with like this these really fall it it really wants to uh well because it's for kids also they do kind of try to simplify everything uh but yeah the the, the sound effects and the, the very fact that you have uh mothra just Actually, not even that. It's like what two Mothras in the first one. Yeah, and it's they, they basically it just it doesn't really seem like it does does much to advance anything to even have a, the second Mothra appear, other than we're redesigning Mothra. So here again, you want to talk about shiny object? Here you go. Here's a new shiny thing. <laughs> yeah, and I thank God. I usually these movies start to test my patience because they focus too much on. Uh, the humans, which are never as interesting as the villains, but then if you put it, to, or not, not the villains, the creatures, but if you focus on the creatures too much, it gets repetitive. Mothra does have a really good balance, and it does build a world, I think, that's, I, I kind of like the first one, second and third one are just okay, but I do like the world they build, and they have all these different mythos that I, you know, that, expands upon everything that you know about Mothra. I love the fact that there's the bad sister with her little bug creature, and they're always chasing each other's laser battles. It's basically like Star Wars, but a miniature version of Star Wars. Oh, there was, there was one thing I, I really appreciated in this, which, it it's not great, but it is at least an acknowledgement of it. There's there's a bit where uh, they, oh God, it's uh, one of them is falling, and uh, Loki catches it, and it, you know, and catches away with little women, and it they acknowledge that there's weight, even though it's you know very obviously a, you know, not a, it's a comp a composite image of these of these two things happening, but it they at least they made sure that the kid, you know, was acknowledging that oh yeah I'm imagining that I'm grabbing something and it's got weight to it. Which, back then, Whereas, you know, you're talking early blue screen, and, and not a lot of the special effects were top-notch. But these do hold up better than I expected. Yeah, and it's... I Of the three, I preferred the third one, actually. It kind of seemed like it... 
they, they were trying a little bit harder because this first one, there's I, I feel bad for that, for that little boy. He spent a lot of time on wires. He's getting picked up and <laughs> thrown around and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, yeah, he that that kid's a trooper. The uh, but uh, as a story, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, the second one was just I think the most disappointing to me because. You know, the whole, it's in the title, Undersea Battle, uh, and there's hardly any undersea battle. There's a lot of weird treasure hunting, there's cave, the, the human cast is too big, and I think they're boring. It emphasizes way too much on the kids this time. And I don't know, I was just, I felt really like it was lacking in what I was looking for in the movie. Well, the second one is basically just reminded me of Mac and Me. It's, it's the Mac and Me of yep, any of these little ET of creature, yeah, yeah, the little fuzzball. Yeah, little yeah, the Furby that has magical healing pee. With fucking disturbing yeah. eyes. I thought they somehow matted human eyes on it or some sort of mask. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to look at this body horror thing. <laughs> David uh, Cronenberg's you know, Mothra. Talking... <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you had mentioned, like, kind of how they all, all these things got to repeat. I got to a point in this one where I really started questioning. It's like, why... Does every single one of these monsters, and especially it's within this and and the uh, the Gamera series, why do all these creatures seem to have laser beams and rocket launchers? <laughs> the rocket launcher. <laughs> I've never understood that. Yeah, I, I mean, at least in Godzilla, there was not not every creature shot something out of its mouth. There was, you know, they did other things as well. There were other creatures in this in all. All of these, everything just shoots lasers and shit. Because everybody loves lasers. This is during a time period when American movies weren't doing lasers. They were replacing it with guns. I, I, it's the uh, the aliens effect. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it, it'll help because, again, besides the, uh, oh, I shoot the laser over it, and then, you know, squibs go off, and our little explosion effects happen. But after a while, it just kind of... It just got boring to see, like I said, especially in this second Mothra film, where all of a sudden it just, why does this thing have, basically the monster's a submarine that's firing off rockets. Did you even know there was a part three? I didn't. Uh, The collection that I have only has two of them. And I feel bad because, again, of those three, I liked the third one. Yeah, it's strange that... Mill Creek got only the rights to one and two when they released them on DVD. You'd think that Sony would have been like, well, just take the whole thing. I mean, it seems odd just to leave out the last chapter. Yeah, and and especially because it, it is a trilogy, so things that are happening in these two films build to this this conclusion, like Mothra being able to turn into a fish <laughs> and can now, now can go back in time. Yeah, and, and there's redemption for the the evil, in quotation marks, sister. Um, it does have... See, here's the difference between trilogies. Some people get confused. Just because there's three parts does not make it a trilogy. That's just a series. A trilogy works like a piece of art, like a triptych. The first piece, the connector, and the third piece all have a continuing storyline and tend to be the first and third are the closest connection. And that's and that makes a true trilogy. Yeah, it's essentially... To even to dumb it down completely, your beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. There has to be a conclusion that wraps up your story that was in your first chapter and your second chapter. So it, it, 
yeah, it does seem odd. Um, whereas, you know, Mill Creek put out the Gamera collection all together. And um, I thought I was going to say, oh, there's one thing I want to say before we left, uh, uh, go on to Gamera is Mothra um, has, it, it looks silly at the same time impressive, these really fake dinosaurs in part three when it goes back in time. <laughs> I was like, well, those look like kind of Land of the Lost, but the really good Land of the Lost puppets. Yeah, they were... Those were so terrible yet so entertaining to watch, especially the uh, when when get uh, when Mother just you know in the past destroys uh, Ghidorah when he first shows up, and then these dinosaurs just kind of watching on as a little piece of him hide you know scurries away and hides and it's like I just kind of love just love this thought where I'm going please just put thought bubbles over them or something like that I I need to this is silly enough that. You can you can get away yeah, with yeah. doing like cartoon of the most cartoonish stuff imaginable. Yeah, the Mothra movies always had more appeal with kids and women than uh, Godzilla, I think, and that's why I think the tone is lighter. And it, they were successful. Uh, it's not like they you know were just you know oh we're just going to continue going this trend even though we're not making very much money. But I think it was smart of them just to do a trilogy and then just bring Mothra back into the world of Godzilla later. Yeah, I mean I. I owned the ori- like the original Mothra film. I had it on a on video cassette. I loved that film, and it basically it's just it that that version of it you know from the '60s. It's basically just a Godzilla thing. Mothra comes and wrecks shit and then leaves. Except you know, controlling with, with singing, really really annoying singing. Yeah. They always talk together in those early movies, and it was, that always drove me up the wall. Well, it's like I like that theme. Uh, but it, the variations in these films are not very good. Yeah, it's it's. Now, do you feel there's a lot of variation in the Gamera movies? Uh, yeah. The, well, yes and no. Gamera. Okay, I'm not as well versed on on these on this series as other films. Mostly, I liked I liked the Godzilla stuff. So, kind of stepping into Gamera, I seem to remember him being like the. Uh, Gamera is the hero of the children, yes. sort of thing, I guess. And then I'm watching this and going, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> so those... let's talk real quick before we jump into the new ones. For most of us, we know Gamera because of Mystery Science Theater 3000, because it became public domain, and it was cheap for them to do, and it just, it's very, very silly, and I I can only tolerate them during Mystery Science Theater. Like, on their own, nope. Yeah, never. Yeah, it's like this. I had known that they had done them, but I'd never seen the those MST episodes. So it's like I knew that the turtle flew. I knew you know like little rudimentary stuff about this, but stepping into this trilogy, I'm just sitting there going, "This ain't for kids." Nope, not at all. That's why <laughs> I like least, it. Yeah, or at least it's the kind of stuff that for for kids, like Gremlins, is for kids. Okay, okay, yeah, I get you. Real borderline, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the first chunk, uh, the Showa series. Do I have this right? Showa and the Hisai. Uh, hold on, I'm doing a cheat on Wikipedia. Yeah, okay, Showa. Well, Showa, and then yeah, it was Thursday. Yeah. So that's all the low season. budget ones you would see on the Mystery Science Theater 3000, and then they, I think they were trying to test the popularity in the early 80s to see if they could bring them back by doing a compilation film. I think it was called Space Creature Gamma or something like that. It was just like a little you know, compil- uh, compilation movie they threw out there. Didn't take. 
I mean, it wasn't until the 90s when they saw that Godzilla was, you know, hot, you know, hotter than ever, I think. And, you know, rebooting Gamera, this time, though, with a serious budget. Those Gamera movies, the original ones, except for the first one, were really, really low-grade, like uh, probably a third of the budget of the Godzilla movies. They never looked as good, and they were the writing was terrible, and the action was okay. But, man, they just ha hammered it home. I I'm truly impressed by the set pieces that they put together for the Gamera. This, for this series, they, they spent some money. That It, it shows. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to see. I wonder if the, um, what company put these out originally because um, I wonder if they went out of business because it's like, oh, no, it's Toho. I, I didn't think that Toho, you know, okay, oh, I see now. Okay, so Dai, Dai um, is the company that produced it with Nippon Television, which always seems like nipple television. Um, and it was distributed by Toho. So, yes, it's still uh, Dai uh, in control of the, the franchise. That must have been all the money. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, oh my god. Like, even the CG in this, where right. in the 90s, CG was, isn't good. But this is actually pretty damn good for for what they had, and, you know, obviously for their budget, and especially for Japan CG. Uh, I guess they didn't put them out of business, but they didn't last a whole hell of a lot longer. They went out of business in 2003. Yeah, well, what it was that there was one more, uh, there's one more Gamera film after these, and then I think that's it. Yeah, I don't know if they actually. I Gamera think someone Gamera. else owned the rights. To, Gamera the Brave is such a disappointment because I was so I was super hyped for it. This is when I was like uh, uh, Kaiju crazy was around 2005, 2006, and I found there was gonna be a new one, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, it's for kids again. Damn it. <laughs> oh. Trying to see what well, company put this out. It was. Uh, well, technically, this is Dai Studio, but it says Katakawa Dai Studio, so it must have been bought by someone else and then distributed by Shochiko. Distri um, in America, it was distributed by Media Blasters, which a lot of people know because they did like Invader Zim and a bunch of animated series. Yeah, I know. I knew them specifically anime, but yeah, if, huh. from Zim. Every if you had if you had the Zim collection. Yeah, the, the director of it did a lot of Kamen Rider, which I don't know. I've heard of, but I don't know it. Oh, that's uh, oh, you you've probably seen it. The guy looks kind of like a uh, grasshopper riding a motorcycle. What? It that's bad. yeah. It showed up. It actually did show up in the uh, in the U.S. And I'm trying to remember what it was called, but uh, it's it is uh, escaping me at the moment. But yeah, it they actually did show that alongside with like once. Once Power Rangers became a thing. Gotcha. The director of these went on to actually go into the Godzilla franchise with Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters, all-out attack, and also he did Death Note. Okay. All right. So the guy's original, got skills. Original Usually these kind of movies they don't give to a director with a lot of skills, you know, in America, but over to Japan, you know, they treat these things with respect. Yeah, so for me, I, I really was entertained by the mature tone. Like you said, the special effects were really good for, you know, back then, the, you know, uh, international film could not afford very good CGI. This actually won a bunch of awards. It was very successful. Of course, we get the, the sequels. Um, here's the bad part, and I feel like an asshole. I watched them all right in a row, and I forgot which one is which. <laughs> well, it's what's nice about it is it, talk about trilogies these definitely do build off each other because you have uh the first one where camera is fighting the uh the gaios uh creatures the little bird monsters yeah the classic and it's just like three of them 
Yeah, it's the three of them at the time, and we, oh yeah, they can they can reproduce asexually, and there's, I, I remember there's this grotesque moment where they come across one of their nests where I guess they were, the little babies were waiting for food and just cannibalize each other, and it's you actually see all these dead bodies and they're all torn to shreds and I'm like, okay, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is this is almost that, R-rated if you think fun. about it. Oh hell, the third one definitely is R-rated. Even if and it's not well, eh, maybe not. It's hard PG-13. You know what's funny is if you look at the catalog well, of the classic Gamera villains, they ignore almost all of them. Gaius is the only one they bring from the old films because the two and three, it's Legion and Iris, and uh, so they kind of ditch that old mythology and start their new one, which I, I enjoy too. Because sometimes I think the Godzilla movies um, rely too much on the classic characters. Yeah, they're not creating too many new things. That's just recycling all the old villains, and sometimes finding new ways to do them. But for the most part, it's just kind of like same old, same old. But yeah, it's like because that second one with Legion, where there's I start, you know, you know the, fir- the first Gamera films kind of I don't want to say stock, you know, stock monster movie stuff, but it is kind of a little more of the safer film of the three, where it just Oh yeah, we're you know he's fighting. It, it's Godzilla versus Rodan and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of, well, you know, Baragon, kind of I think, fight. was another one. Uh, I I thought they were going to tap more into him, and I always wonder if they're going to do the Gamera series again since Godzilla's really red hot, or they're going to. Do you think they'll ever do a Gamera versus Godzilla? Do you think people give a shit? I would love to see that. I don't think anyone they're going to want to cross those properties because the, depending on when you're looking at it or how you're looking at it. They are essentially the same being. You know, they're the guardian of Earth, depending yeah. on when and how you're looking at it. So I, they're I, guarding it from each other? I guess it would be a problem because some fans would want this person to win, the other person wants, but it works with Godzilla versus King Kong. I mean, we're going to be doing it again, so I don't know how they're going to... Is it true, do you know, is there a, a truth to the fact that there's one cut where Godzilla wins and there's another cut where King Kong wins? No, King Kong always won. Okay. That was... That was the entire thing. It, they never, never gave up, gave the hometown hero a victory. It was always designed for that because at that time, Godzilla was the monster. He was never a hero. So you had, so you had King Kong, who maybe not a necessarily a hero, but at least a a sympathetic character, winning over the depiction of nuclear energy. So by its nature, over you know nuclear bad stuff. Yeah. The. Um... There's also a weird similarity in the fact that there's a couple Godzilla movies where she has like a, a psychic connection to Godzilla, and then there's the one in this one where there's a psychic connection to, um, was it Legion? Yeah. Well, it's both. Uh, there's Gamera does have that in the first two films, and then uh, Legion in the third. Uh, not Legion. Uh, Iris in the third one. Okay. Because it's uh, yeah they have the Lobatama amulets that uh, seem to I. You couldn't really figure out what the hell they were trying to go for in the beginning with that. They just kind of showed up, and then very slowly, kind of, you know, by the end of it, it's like, oh, okay, there's a connection between her and and that, and you know, she's getting injured when Gamera gets injured, and and all that. But it's like, you could have just shoehorned in a couple of words of uh, of establishment to say, oh, in the ancient legends, they also say that those who have these amulets, blah blah blah. You know, ham. You know, ham fist is best, but at least 
they could have set that up a little bit better. Uh, it's it must always feel kind of self defeating in a little way for Dai. If I'm na- saying the name wrong, I apologize. But that you know they were never able to capitalize the way Godzilla was. I mean, there's only like a handful of the original films, three in the trilogy. There's maybe one video game and a couple comic books. Whereas Godzilla is just this massive, it's just everywhere, cartoons, animated movies, uh, you know, of course, what we got, like 30 live action films, tons and tons of merch, American adaptations. It, it's so strange that that the one just never really connected with American audiences. Well, it part of it does kind of make sense, too, because you have a weird fire-breathing lizard that is... Well, it, you know, I don't want. I didn't necessarily come first because I know there were other giant monsters in cinema prior to Godzilla, but Gamera did kind of seem like an afterthought, where it was just kind of created, you know, created afterwards, and <clears throat> always kind of seemed like it was one of many creatures riding the coattails of Godzilla. Maybe, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It always seemed like it was. Oh, this is just exploitation of this genre. Yeah, and it it found ways to. Uh, to keep you know make itself uh, different enough that it got it endured long enough to have a successful franchise, just never never popular enough to have a full renaissance like Godzilla has. Yeah. Although again, I keep I've kept reading that uh, there's going to be another one. Someone's working on on oh. trying to make another another film. Really? Let me. I want to see who the, did it say who's attached to it. I don't remember. Oh, I, I, oh someone good. I wonder if they'll do an American adaptation or just keep it over there. I'm sure it won't be an American adaptation. Um, especially since I, the last Godzilla movie just really didn't hit it home financially, so I'm a little concerned about... Have they already started filming on... Uh, um, to, my to my knowledge, they haven't started on the new one. Oh, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I, that I, doesn't I, mean... I got lost in thought. Have they started filming Gamma, uh, Sorry, damn it, Godzilla versus uh, King Kong? Yeah, not, not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, I'd heard that... It's. I know that that is supposed to be going forward, regardless. You know, they at least want to get to that. Yeah, I, I would imagine that would be like the capper, though, for MonsterVerse. Most likely, I, I can't. As much as I enjoyed the, uh, the Godzilla King of King of All Monsters uh, film, I, if if this one doesn't do well, I would not be surprised. Or, I and this kind of hurts to say, I wouldn't necessarily miss. If they uh, stopped doing American Godzillas again. Yes, but... I want the... Ooh, I was just thinking, what if they bring in the Pacific Rim guys to fight? Because that's a franchise that needs to be saved, too. Oh, that... I have I have issues with Pacific Rim stuff. Uh, I would not want to get into it on here, but if you yeah. want to talk off air... Uh, oh, no, we'll get <laughs> to it eventually. We're going to get to them. You know what's funny? Someone came in when the new one... What was, what was the new uh, Pacific Rim called? Um, Uprising? Aftershock. Aftershock. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we'll make up a name. But someone came in and goes, hey, you got that new Pacific Rim job? And I knew he was fucking with it. There's no way that he thought that was the name of it. And I was just like, no, dude, it didn't come in. I'm not going to repeat that name back to you. I know you think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, people try to go aim for the low-hanging fruit. Yep. Um, so I think we dragged this one out a bit. Uh, anything else you have notes on you want to say before we go? Well, I just want to say both two and three for the get uh, for the Gamera films have great horror film elements. Uh, I I think it's a that's a trilogy that kind of gets better as it as they go along because 
the stuff with Legion showed some uh, serious stakes. You get like an entire city, you know, section of this, uh, Tokyo blown up, if I remember right. Yeah. It, it feels like it had more weight to it, it when you damage it. Because here's the thing about the Godzilla movies is like we always, I think we have this subconscious thing of like, well, they're just going to rebuild it for the next movie. There's no real ramifications. Whereas I feel like there's a lot of ramifications for Gamma through this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, especially at the, the third film is based around the girl wanting revenge against uh, Gamera for accidentally killing her, killing her family during the first film. And it's this whole, you know, the entire reason that Iris exists, you know, is because she's, you know, she's connected to it and kind of her anger is controlling this creature into making bad things happen. Yeah. And, and they towed down some of the silliness. The stuff in the original ones were like, he, you know, he, yeah, it's silly enough that he shoots fire out of his butt. But, you know, it, it, when he was spinning around in circles and ramming into the villains, like, nope, stop it. Just stop it. This is silly. They, they really toned down a lot of that nonsense in, in the remakes. Yeah. And to be and fair, the same thing I, with Mothra. Listen, they really do make it more mature in the remakes of Mothra. There's, I think that of those of those three Mothra films, the, the third one has the most mature, in a sense, fantasy. Like, the other two are really come off of, like, kids' films. Yeah. The third one kind of comes off like it's a fantasy film. There's something interesting about the third one is that it feels a little bit like it was influenced by, like, Wolfgang Peterson's A Never Ending Story. It has almost a European flair to it instead of just the pure yeah. Japanese. Well, it was, like, the first, like, my first note on that one when I was watching, was like, okay, this already looks like a much more interesting movie. Yeah. Well, I guess and that's I mean, it. <laughs> Awkward silence. Thank God for truncate silence <laughs> on these things. Um... <laughs> So the next episode we'll be discussing the second half of the 90s run Godzilla, stopping at the 1998 Godzilla, because I feel like there's a whole other American kaiju discussion we could do, because there's a, there's a handful of those, like King Kong Lives and Kong Island, Godzilla 98, and, and the most recent Godzillas. Um, I feel like there's a couple others in there somewhere, but um, yeah, that's it. So we'll be doing the second oh, half of the 90s. Yeah. What's that? Pacific Rims, of course. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's weird because that's actually a Japanese company, I think, Legendary, but it's run by an Australian. It's weird. It's like Japanese money or Chinese money, but run by an Australian company with an American company. It's a weird thing. So we'll we'll add that to it since it's technically partially American distribution kind of thing. Did I drag that out? That was weird. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> uh, check us out on video <laughs> nights. Check us out on Video Night on uh, Facebook and Retro Rock Entertainment on uh, Twitter. You'll check him out at... Musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. And if you like this kind of stuff, he has been taking over from my other podcast back in Tunes, discussing classic anime series, and is definitely taking a lot of weight off my shoulders. And thankfully, the show is as popular um, as it is when me and Jacob do it. I do my best, man. I do my best. Hey, well, it's a different audience too. I think I think what what the people that uh, usually listen to our show tend to be like the classics, you know, the '70s and you know, Hanna Barbera, Ruby Spears, you know, the the Spielberg productions, Disney, stuff like that. But I was like, man, I'm missing out on a big chunk of people who love animation, but it's not the generic Saturday morning stuff. So, and I think that it was necessary that you came in and then tried to save me from it because I was like, I don't know anything about anime. And obviously, you can tell from this, uh, Japanese stuff, overseas things, just did not come to Indiana. So this is all fresh to me, for the most part. Yeah, and 
being being a kid who lived on you know on the coast essentially, I mean, Inland Empire, California's not the coast, but if you're going to talk about that anyway, uh, it's it is a place. It was an area where I could find this stuff, and that's and that's always that's always important too. Is I can't sit there and be like, how could you not have heard of Perfect Blue or something yeah, like that? Yeah, well, no, it's worse. In I mean, Indiana, no one watched Vol- – we didn't get Voltron, the most successful, I think, of all of the anime. And we didn't get Battle of the Planets. We, we got Mask, technically, which was like a weird hybrid of anime and American productions. Everything we got was just the most generic American, hey, this is based on a toy kind of cartoon. We just did – and there's no way in hell we got any Godzilla. We didn't get any of this stuff. It's weird though that I saw so many Italian ripoff movies. Um, that's that's the weirdest thing. I saw so many of those as a kid. Well, it's probably demographics where people who from you know from these regions bring the stuff that they dig, uh-huh. and it's like, hey, we we need we need to sell these these Italian uh, Rambo yeah. Rambo ripoffs. I just I have my own answer. Just as I realized, oh right, it was Indiana, and you see the distributor going, how many white people in it? Okay, we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) India is kind of racist, people, if you didn't know. All right. Hey, I'm going to stop here. Um, We already plugged everything. (laughs) Bye-bye. Never not awkward.